Downloads of this show are available on Potomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app. This is Rowan, and you are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Alan. I'm Allison. Ribbit. Yes, this Jimmy. Time. Yes, Jimmy. This is a frog challenge. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> we come to you on Radio Free Brooklyn every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. If you would like to contribute your audio to our show, please go to our email address, lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Pitch us your submissions of the audio archaeology variety, right? Archaeology. I mean, like... Who delivers the the email though? Like, there's a guy on the web. Sure, it's <laughs> <laughs> <is> so stupid. <laughs> hey, if you want to contribute to this rabble rousing good time that we do every week, you can check us out on our pledge page, radiofreebrooklyn.org/pledge, or directly radiofreebrooklyn.org/lar. Yeah, to give directly to Lost and Rewound. Be a sponsor, exactly. So either to Radio Free Brooklyn as a whole or to us, it's all going to a good cause because it's not for profit, baby. It's a great place. Supporting the arts, guy. It's a great place to be. Doing what you can do because no one else is going to support it if you don't. Yeah, it's true. The voice is still there. Well, no, it isn't. A little house cleaning to address. Uh, this is Allison's last episode here in the studio with us for an indeterminate amount of time. Indeterminate. Because yeah. she'll be back, but we don't know when she's coming back. It's a tearjerker episode. I don't know. This is I like don't a very spe- this is a very special episode of Lost. It Relax. will be a very special episode. <laughs> will it? Yeah, like you remember you remember that show Seventh Heaven. Yeah, it's, every isn't he, episode isn't he like was a, a child very rapist? special. Whoa! Yeah, he did turn right? out. Right? Well, he turned out to be a fucking creep <sighs> in real life. The actor, yes. yeah, yeah, the yeah, dad. Nothing's sacred anymore. No. no. <laughs> I just watched Spotlight last night. Oh my god! I hadn't seen it right? before. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking nuts. Wait, what's, what a, what's that? That's the spotlight that's about the, the Boston. Well, and everywhere though is where they opened it's, up. It's but. The, the priests. <gasps> that's good. Uh, that's bad. Well, it's bad, but it was good. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let, get started. Let's get started, and we'll reveal all the surprises and special things. Okay. Right now. I brought in one of my best friends today by the name of Taylor Place. I'm going to just run off a couple facts for you right now. She is the performance curator for Artery Showcases. I had the personal privilege of working with her for Death Pussy at both Wayward Social and Niagara Bar. She was a jazz singer for Sleep No More between 2015 and 2017. And she's currently in rehearsals working with The Noise Downstairs. They will be performing in March in Austin. And if you want to hang out with her, she will be at Jalopy. Many times she is, but specifically for her birthday on February 21st. Hello, Taylor Place. 
Welcome, welcome. I kind of like, like situate myself like this. Yeah, the I like that. Time. What's up, guys? This is perfect. So happy that you could be here. You're going to be uh, here for Allison's last physical in the presence episode before uh, whenever she goes to New Orleans. Before she becomes a Jedi ghost. Jedi yes. ghost? A, a jambalaya Jedi ghost? Oh my God, jambalaya Jedi ghost. I had this plan actually the entire time, so it's fine. Jambalaya uh-huh. Jedi ghost is a great band name. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> but, you know, what better uh, guest to have uh, to uh, have, you know, sort of like our, our a little bit of a lost around going away party maybe a little bit? Oh. Jimmy, no? did you bring anything to drink? Yeah. I did. I brought a bottle of water. That's cool. <laughs> Taylor, uh, you and I actually have a separate uh, connection, which uh, is only just recent. And it involves a project that I'm working on with our mutual friend, Sean Pollock. That's right. And you were not able to, to contribute uh, your time to the show because all this music that's happening, which is fantastic. How long have you been working with the Artery for now? Uh, Artery I've been working with since April of 2017. Yeah, 2017. That's so last year. Right? Yeah, almost yeah, yeah. a year now. And yeah. you're telling us about the business model before we went to air. And it's basically like Airbnb, but like musicians that come into your home. Yeah. So the idea is um, you set up intimate showcases with people that you wouldn't necessarily be able to interact with on a regular basis. Somebody that you might be able to see in a bar play, but... The idea is that, like, musician to listener, you're a little more accessible, and the performance is, I don't know, it's just a little more intimate. The idea is that you get people from different cultures to kind of come together and learn a little bit more about each other. It's kind of a cross-cultural pollination. Do you suppose that it's uh, taking from the ethos of storytelling and uh, allowing there to be a more unorthodox place so that there's less distraction and more focus? Absolutely. The co-founders... Salima and Vladik were actually journalists, and they went somewhere in Eastern Europe, and they kind of... Somewhere. Somewhere, (laughs) some specific places. I know that he went to Georgia, for sure, because he did a piece on a Georgian cowboy, like a a guy in Georgia doing country music. That's that's wild. (laughs) You have to check it out. That's so wild. Yeah, he's got a podcast called Taxi Taxi. You should check it out. It's really amazing. But yeah, they found that when they went out there, they saw these people just having folks in their homes... So that they could get together and hang out and listen to people perform without the intercedence of like a, a venue or bookers. Do you just play acoustically? Yes, mostly acoustic. We do a lot of rooftop stuff for ours, mm-hmm. which is really cool. We do a little bit of amplification, but it's just nice. It's like a, a happening, like everybody kind of ends up together. An open mic, but in your home. Yeah, and what I do is, because when we stopped doing Death Pussy, I was like, you know... I'm not going to do an open mic thing anymore. Jimmy's got that. I want to do curated. I'll bring you a couple people. You know what I mean? From this circle that I've built out of our work together. So I'll bring you a couple people who you might like, you might not like, but at the end of the day, you're just going to be hanging out. So it's kind of the same format. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. They're, they're tiny little, like two or three performances, 25 minutes. And they're in, like, apartments specifically. Yeah. Or How do we not, get the apartment? How do you get the apartment? People volunteer their apartment? It's an app, yeah? Yeah. There's a site, artery.is, and you go in there, and it's an invite-only thing right now because it's in beta still, but you go in, you set up a profile, you say you want to perform or you want to host or both, and you go in and you can, basically, you can be like, hey, I want to have Run Child Run at my house, or I want to have Taylor Place at my rooftop. Cool. Or in my moving van. Is it paid? Yes. Cool. That's great. 
Yeah, that's, that's the dream. Musicians making money, exactly. And yeah, like, artists making money is, is not a thing that happens all. Is the time. it for comedians as well? Yeah, I have seen it for comedians. I just did a comedian showcase at my house, actually. Oh, cool. Okay, it was really cool. Nice. How, how you've been performing your pretty much your entire life is if pretty I'm, much. And when you first started out as a musician, was this something that you ever would have thought you would have been doing as an adult? You would have been performing in people's living rooms. Was that something that you like sort of felt was the dream or was it something to say that like you just were not thinking too outside the box when you were younger? Well, I was talking to my mom last night to see if I could get any more information about myself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about me. Tell me. How was I as a kid? Well, she told me when I was four years old, I used to sing along to cassette tapes that she'd put in the car that we'd go and sit in the car. Well, we'd listen to, um, unforgettable that's what you are and i would my mom said i knew all the words at age four and every time the cassette would come on i'd be like i'm ready and i'd be ready to sing that one and i remember she said i would always sing i told you i love you now get out that was like another favorite song (laughs) so from very young age i was definitely performing and when i was growing up my mom opened a coffee house when i was in high school and it's kind of the same ethos as that artery thing it's a whole bunch of people from the community coming together to express themselves in ways that oh sure they wouldn't have a, a venue for otherwise. Where did you grow up? I'm from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. And this coffee shop that your mother uh, started, was that born out of a necessity to have just a small business or was it something else? She says that she wanted to open a place so that she could have people over without having to clean the house. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> and then last night she said, actually, just tell him, because uh, I wanted people to be able to play acoustic music. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of this, uh, I don't know, like, I, I'm from a place where, you know, it's OSU territory, and yeah. it's kind of like a little broy. and mm-hmm. if it's not broy, it's juggalos. Oh my god! Those are my two favorite types of people. Yeah, so Bro's like, jugs. imagine me like <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> surrounded by jugglers. So you love jugs? <laughs> uh, so my mom oh my wanted, god. you know, like, like there, there was, you know, the huge like white people heroin epidemic yeah. that's going on. It's terrible. That yeah. was big in my hometown when I was growing up. My mom just wanted somewhere where the kids could go yeah, and not get in trouble. Out. So that was kind of the deal. She wanted people to be able to speak to each other, smoke inside, because it's pre two thousand eight. I would like play chess with the guy Max Rice. Uh, who was, like, in his 50s when I was, like, 16, Yeah, you know? So it was just meeting people and getting a really well-rounded idea of humanity and cool. not to be limited in the way that you form your thoughts and discourse. Discourse was huge for my mom. Can I speak candidly? Yeah. Reynoldsburg sounds like the name of a fake place. So it is the birthplace <laughs> of the edible tomato, the commercial edible tomato. <laughs> there's this guy, Alexander Livingston. There's like at the end of my block where I grew up, there's a house, the Livingston house. And that is where this man invented a commercially viable edible tomato that wouldn't poison people in Reynoldsburg, freaking Ohio. Can you believe that? Wait, what do you mean wouldn't poison people? I don't know. That's just what they because said. Before tomatoes that, are poisonous. Before that, people were dropping like, Flies eating tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the whole reason why you threw a tomato at a comedian that you didn't like? Because you hoped he would die. I hope some of it would get in his mouth. Is it, is it a nightshade? Yeah, is, it is a nightshade. Interesting. You know, I read about uh, who's that main guy for the Patriots? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, he doesn't eat nightshades. Also, doesn't drink caffeine. Read about it in an article. 
Thank you, Grandma. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, I was like, thanks for the words of wisdom. So your mother opened up this coffee shop, and right. that sort of helped uh, give you, as well, a venue to begin your music career. Yeah. Uh, am I under the impression from what you were telling us before we went to air that uh, your mother is a musician as well? Yeah, my mom uh, was or a, a singer. singer. Yeah, um, but did she learn how, how to play an instrument as well? She, yeah, she played guitar. Uh, it's funny we were just talking about last night when I was in fourth grade. My dad, so my mom was married before, which always shocks my father whenever <laughs> we bring it up. And when she was married to this guy, she would pick up this guitar and vacuum underneath it and put it back down. <laughs> and because um, she had acrylic nails and she always had to be like done up, she was a little bit of a higher class gentleman. When she married my dad, she kind of did away with all that accoutrement and wanted to learn how to play the guitar. So my dad actually went to my mom's ex-husband and bought that guitar. And it's a it's like a really beautiful blonde, like Jumbo Ibanez. So my mom learned how to play the guitar off of this like beautiful little book. Uh, you know, that like church book that they it's like a church camp book. It's all these cowboy songs. Oh, yeah. And my mom learned how to play and she brought it to my fourth grade class and like played for everybody. Uh, when she first learned how to play. Show and tell. Yeah. And she played at my fourth grade graduation and all this kind of stuff. Well, I had the exposure to that, my mom playing at that age, about that early age. But before that, she was singing like in four-part harmony groups. She would like do talent shows all the time. She was always singing. There is a link that you've provided to the show this week that is a video that you put up on Instagram, actually just recently. Yeah, um, when I was just, doing research for this show. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's uh, a video of your mother singing. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the venue and uh, what the nature of this show was? So I'm pretty sure this is at my high school, um, which my mom also attended. And she graduated in 1978. I graduated in 2006. And uh, this is a show called The Tomato Town Follies, which was, because we're Reynoldsburg, the tomato. tomato Town. Edible tomato. Edible tomatoes. <laughs> Edible tomatoes. <laughs> So the tomato town. It's a movie. (laughs) Reynoldsburg. (laughs) One day a man named Reynolds came here. What do I name my town? He said. (laughs) So it's essentially like a variety show where people from the community come forth and kind of show off their talents. And their tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take yeah, He's going to not let this go the entire time. I feel like. <laughs> you got, get ready to cry, okay? Mama, please. I know you want to make a joke, but you're going to cry. <laughs> October 28th, 2000. <laughs> and you were how old? Oh my God. 12? 13? Tell us what 12 to 13 year old Taylor Place is thinking when she's seeing her mother up there at her school, or I guess at the school that you're going to be going to, but either which way. Right. 
watching your mother up there in this sort of very sort of grand old Opry dress. Yeah. Um, that was like, I don't know. That was one of my favorite days. Um, I actually played that show too later. Um, so I probably at that time would have just been very nervous to be going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you had, you were cut out for Amy. You had a, a mother who knew how to work the stage. For sure. I think her mother knows how to literally work everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. You should be interviewing her and not me. No, no. I, well, listen, <laughs> it's I mean, not true, but the whole point both. of the show is, is that we understand how you got from there to here. And yeah. so now here we are talking about where you were there in, in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, uh, the daughter of uh, a singer. You became a singer. And what kind of music were you listening to even back then? You were listening to a lot of jazz, clearly. But was that all you listened to? Well, the, I was listening to the Beatles and NSYNC at that point. Okay. Um, ah, the two pinnacles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because I, you know, I was like, so I'm like, I was having like hormones, like crazy. And I loved Lance Bass. And then I went to Colorado when I was 13. And I was in the mountains with these lesbian hippies. And they showed me the Beatles for the first time. And I finally was like, oh, music is like a thing. I'd been taking piano lessons, voice lessons, all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, violin at this point. Okay. And but not guitar yet. Not guitar yet. When did you pick up a guitar for the first time? I picked up the guitar when I was. Oh shit! You're right. Actually, that that would have been around that time when I was 13. Okay. I picked up the guitar. That's cool. So you already then had known how to play violin and piano. So you were proficient in three instruments. Well, or you I were say be, proficient. I would but say. I you were already lessons. proficient in two, and you were now working on your third. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's really impressive. <laughs> So you were getting like Beatles uh, guitar tab books. Yeah, I still have it. The Easy Beatles, the complete Easy Beatles. Easy Beatles! That's an awesome (laughs) band name. (laughs) For a Beatles cover band, yeah. Where are they from, Jimmy? The Easy Beatles. Where are they from? Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) Reynolds Bay. You know who else is from Reynoldsburg is Lil Bow Wow. Of course, <laughs> even better. He dated my cousin, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, guess, I, I wish he he had a song that was called "That My Little Cherry Tomato." <laughs> <laughs> that was about your cousin, actually. <laughs> Wait, you did Lil Bow Wow dated your cousin? Lil Bow Wow dated my cousin for like a week. Wait, when they dated, was he Lil Bow Wow or was he just Bow Wow? He was just uh, Shad Moss at that point. <gasps> oh, wow. no bow, no wow, yeah, no bow, no wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, so you're you're learning how to play guitar. Yeah. And at this time, or not at this time, but close enough to it, social media is becoming a significant way to put yourself out there. Right. You had MySpace. <laughs> we all, I think, at some point had MySpace. Right. Being a musician benefited you in the long run because your MySpace still has all these tracks up that you uh, put up there. Um, Thank the Lord. But, 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 uh-huh. but talk a little bit about what uh, your experience was with you know, putting your music out there. Was it something you felt comfortable where you were very extroverted in your musicianship? Not at all. Not even remotely. The way that I kind of did it up until my mom opened the coffee house was I would like sit in my room and like record stuff like by myself and was so terrified to put it out at all or, you know, show anybody. Nobody knew you were a musician. Nobody. I mean, I mean, people knew that you knew how to play instruments, but that you were not like writing your own music i was like the class clown like all the time like i wouldn't take anything seriously at all for fear of fucking it up you know so when when i was in orchestra i was always making jokes like i was always like goofing off i used to to hate that kid derailing yeah that was me (laughs) shut up jimmy you would have hated me man no i was it was me 
<laughs> oh, it was you? It was me too. Oh, but shit. That's the, that's the trick. He hated himself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you got me, brother. Look at this psychiatry hour. Uh huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever take anything seriously. So nobody ever expected me to take anything seriously. When I started doing this stuff, it was like so tiny and precious that I would never show anybody except maybe the girl I was writing the song for. And that was uh, from those same bedroom sessions Left you spoke about. Church. Yeah, that was uh, my first time picking up an electric guitar. And I just started just playing like an A chord really crazy, like in a, like in a 
Blink-182 type punk band. But you didn't put that up on MySpace. Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't MySpace tier. No. But uh, still coming from the same vein of being in your room and just experimenting. That recording is the first time I ever tried to write that song. And that one's from about 2010 when I was living in uh, Bed-Stuy. It was my second apartment in New York, and it was ended up accidentally... it was a an abandoned building that two crackheads had broken into. Great. And they had a friend who was a real estate agent and they sold us a like a lease and we were paying them cash and uh <laughs> Are you saying that you <laughs> lived very in a crack above, house? very above board. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you lived in a crack house. I mean by uh, yes. Technically, so, by yes. were your roommates roaches? No, well, there were a lot of bugs in that place. My roommate had like a nervous breakdown, and I had to find us a new place to live. How long were you there for? Uh, three months. Okay. How much was the cash that you paid? We paid thirteen hundred dollars cash. Oh, for two people? For two people? Damn. In bedside. In bedside. Did it come with crack? We didn't get any crack. I went and found my own. Nice. But there was... It was easy because he was like right on Crack Street. Yeah. There was a guy that lived across the street in like a van that was like parked in a parking lot. He was the mayor of the van. His name was Itchy. (laughs) 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 Makes so much sense. And I used to like get him beers and like sit with him and hang out with him. Itchy. This is so... That's not a good nickname. (laughs) Itchy the Kraken. This is this is so perfect. You have so many great stories about all these <laughs> songs that uh, you've got. When you when you're writing your own stuff, you can remember where you were when you wrote it, right? right. And that's what like just like slingshots you into so many different territories of which have so many rich stories to tell because it brings you back to that moment and what was even going through your head. That song that we just heard was like you said as we were alluding to, somewhat serious, but like it was inspired by just uh, rage, rage, fair. Rage. You know, you get inspired to write a lot more songs when, when you're living in a crack house than when you're living in like a beautiful <laughs> chateau. Right. When did you move to the city? Uh, I moved in 2010, mm-hmm. uh, and I we got kicked out of our first apartment for putting fireworks off the roof. We lit fireworks off the roof because we were doing like a music video. Okay. And in that first place, I used to just play on the roof. I used to just like sit and like scream like do hallelujah as loud as i could off the roof and that was like a fun little like queer bachelorette pad that we got kicked out of for the fireworks because the landlord saw the video on youtube of us with the fireworks that's crazy which is totally random and it was like one of those illegal evictions he was just like wrote us a letter like get out and just threatened us away so when my roommate she and her girlfriend broke up I was the only one physically capable of finding us a place to live, so that's the place I found us to live. I love the way you addressed it, too. You, you should do it more David Attenborough. So you were living in a crack house. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what brought you to New York <laughs> to get to the crack house. So that would have been like 2010, 2011. Yeah. We got kicked out of there, and then we just started fighting really, really hardcore because, you know, our circumstances were like... Yeah. Like, crazy very going down the toilet which is hilarious because nothing went down the toilet there because there was no running water (laughs) (laughs) where did you put all your shit uh we shat on top of our own shit that was actually a a big fight that we got in one time with the people as i was like we've been giving you so many so much money and that we still don't have running water and I, i i was standing at the top of the stairs and i go I'm shitting on top of my own shit. <laughs> oh my god! Damn that. Um, that's real. So 
at what point did you start to poop into like KFC boxes? Well, I, I, no, I went and I got a boyfriend and like went and like st- stayed at his house. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's fair. Yo, did you, were you like, yo, I better find myself a man right now. I, yeah, it was like immediately, immediately <laughs> the first thing I did. I didn't find a girlfriend for that reason, but I had a similar situation where I was living in a bad apartment and I was dating a girl and I was like, well, I guess I'm living in her place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the struggle is it real. Was, it was, uh, and then her roommates weren't as happy happy about it but her place was very nice they had good water pressure oh that's good <laughs> they had water <laughs> let's let's take a quick break and when we come back we got more clips i wasn't i wasn't pooping on top of poops you know we were we never expect you to do that shit, shit. am i allowed to swear shit? yeah <laughs> plenty of swearing more shit upon shit upon shit <laughs> and maybe some more poisonous tomatoes right after this Ooh. lost I, and rewound radio free brooklyn edible tomato she was a tomato We got Taylor plays in the studio. Allison Goodman here another week, and and Jimmy cracking all sorts of jokes like eggs. Yeah, I don't know. Whoa, I don't crack eggs, guy. Uh huh. I'm strictly in. I you know, I've been kicked out of enough supermarkets. Nuts? You like cracking nuts? <laughs> I'm a joke teller too. I'm a nutcracker. <laughs> this lady needs to go to Looney Bin over here. This is what it's like every week. Yeah, basically. Cool. More or less. Uh, <laughs> all right. So no bullshitting. Lost and Rewound is, by and large, not supposed to be conducive to one type of medium, as we have conveyed and proven over time. But when it comes down to it, I'm a man of the tapes. He's a man of tapes. I'm a man of many tapes. Taping man. And our guest here, Taylor, you have a bunch of tapes with you. Yeah, I have like seven tapes. You have seven. True. And not only do you have seven tapes... But you have a Panasonic tape recorder, not even a handheld one, one that you have to plug in, <laughs> in which you are playing one of the tapes you were about to play for us. Yes. <laughs> so it's perfect. You're making Elon like very happy. Yeah. I, I, I find this uh, rather he'd, tantalizing. He'd only like it more if you had to wheel it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what would be the best tape deck to have ever? Just straight Teddy Ruxpin, everything uh, for, for life. My dad used to have that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Face Girl, our friend Catherine Dunn, still has a Teddy Ruxpin line. They're around. terrifying. Well, yeah, they're that's pretty the creepy. point. That's why you don't want to record anything that's secret to them. You never know. <laughs> it's just going to Mattel or whoever did the. I'm where, definitely afraid. I saw one at the thrift store the other day. They're, they're like, they're really scary. They're really? still around? Teddy Ruxpin, sorry. Wow. Yeah, Lana's like making sure he says nothing bad so it doesn't get him in the night. Yeah. Don't, don't don't hurt me, people who may or may not have uh, made Teddy Ruxpin a thing, or Teddy Ruxpin himself coming to you in the night. Yeah, yeah you know, yo. I'm not. That sounds fun. I'm not afraid of clowns, <laughs> but I am afraid of animated toys. Do you think that the Care Bears would probably fuck Teddy Ruxpin up, or would it be the other way around? Not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> not what I thought you were gonna say at all. <laughs> you thought this was going into a bearstiality direction? Bearstiality. <laughs> Okay, so this tape that you have, for full disclosure, there's two things we're going to be hearing. The first one we're going to be hearing is, it's a song that you did with your friend Emily. Yeah, I think it's a cover. It's just us fucking around, trying to figure out how to harmonize. Oh, the old fucker, dude. 
Og det er Not. <laughs> 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 I love that song. Yeah, I've been playing that song for over ten years. What's the song? That's a Bob Dylan song. Okay, Bobby. D. Leave, it, leave it to me. I'm like not at all aware of no, Bob Dylan songs because I can just listen to it all, but not know the actual names of the songs. I think uh, Jeff Buckley did a cover of that yes. song, and that's kind of how people he know did. it more than Dylan, right? Off Grace, right? Actually, Je- I've heard Jeff Buckley's cover of it more than anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've heard Jeff Buckley's cover of it more than anything, though. <laughs> oh, my Bears Bears-tiality. <laughs> I know that was a keeper. <laughs> so who was Emily? She was just a friend. Yeah, yeah Emily. Yeah, who the fuck is her Emily? name's Emily Schumann. Um, she lives in Philly. She's in this band called Chickabitty. She's like a theatrical, you know, associate of mine. And when you were involved in music, as this was in high school that you did this. This was in... This would have been college. college. I met her in college, college, my second college. This was in college. Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to Antioch College first, and then it closed in 2008. What? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. How long were you there for before it closed? I was there for two years. What? That's, (laughs) wait, like, why did it close? Uh, Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I went there for one year, and then at the end of the first year, my roommate called me and was like, dude, they're going to close the college. And I was like, ha ha which is my reaction to every serious piece of information I've ever received <laughs> in my life. And um, I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, check your mail. And I like go to the mailbox and I get this thing out. And it's like, Antioch College can no longer sustain itself. And we're going to have to announce like a full closure next year. The thing this about is in Ohio? This is in Ohio. Yeah, Yellow Springs. It's where Dave Chappelle lives. It's this little town called Yellow Springs. And it's a village, actually. And half of its commerce, I think, was based off the college at this point. Dave Chappelle's dad was a teacher there huh. uh, back in the day. And then he moved back there when Comedy Central went south. And um, I met him twice, if anybody was wondering. So love me some Chappelle. Yeah, he's amazing. I like his, actually his latest. He's really, I love that he smokes on stage still. I just, I love that. Yeah, he's just getting more and more ripped all show. <laughs> I love <laughs> So I was studying photography and literature. I was just trying to get away from the performing arts. I was trying to get more into like visual arts. 
And then they announced the closure, and I was like, oh, fuck it. And I started taking music classes again and um, wow. theater and stuff. How and did they compensate you for, like, if they... Oh, they did it. Oh, they did it's, okay. it's like a thing. Like, if you look it up, people are still pissed. They call us the toxic generation that came out of it because they fucked us over, and we got mad about it. And they're like, oh, you're so toxic. You can't see any of the positivity in this. And you're like, No. But it was the you college. You wasted all this money on education yeah. that yeah. you couldn't even finish. Yeah, and I definitely had to pay those loans off. They announced the closure. the The idea was you could either transfer right away or continue studying there. And I didn't want to go to college in the first place, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just take whatever classes I want to take." The college was like, the thing about it is, it was like eighty percent queer, like gender neutral, uh, clothing optional. Um, How many nude students? And this are we talking? What was the name of the school? Antioch College. No, 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 oh, that was no. Yeah. where'd you go after that? Then? Oh, this is. I went to Denison afterwards, and that's where I met Emily. And not even close to being the queer clothing no. optional place that Antioch yeah, was. Yeah, it was like they made fun of them on Saturday Night Live with Chris Farley and Shannon Doherty in the um in the Jeopardy sketch oh, yeah. that they used to do, uh, and they have like. Chris Farley being like, oh, bro, yeah, like, uh, and um, Shannon Doherty's like, um, no, that's rape, like, during the entire thing. And because the the college came out with this thing called the SOPP, the Sexual Offense Prevention Policy, in the 90s, and everybody thought they were absolutely fucking insane, which is really crazy from where we're coming Especially from right now. <laughs> but essentially, if you're drunk, you can't give consent. It was basically outlining what consent is. If you're drunk, you can't give Jeez. consent. It would have been helpful. Yeah. Um, in order to actually consent to sex, like it has to be a verbal yes and you have to like understand. And then you should you should do that from each advancement. Like so if I wanted to touch you, I should ask. If I wanted to kiss you, I should ask. If I wanted to go down on you, I should ask. What do yes. you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's it. And so it was this whole thing, consent to sexy was like a whole thing that we would do. And like our sex ed demonstrations when we first got there were like two girls fisting a watermelon, you know, ah. which everybody, whenever I tell a story, they're like, how could the watermelon give consent? I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like Wait. through its seeds. Yeah, I was going to say, was it seeds, the seedless or right? Well, it was like a chick had the watermelon between her legs and we were demonstrating how to like fist properly That's stuff like that it was an interesting curriculum yeah very <laughs> advanced sexual techniques because we'd already gotten past the binary can i fuck her kind of thing the <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> different times clearly the track that you have uh from this rehearsal this is from when you were at antioch or this is from denison which is the next place that i went got so it. in contrast denison was they say that Denison was the college that they modeled the movie Animal House after. Oh, yeah. Great, great, great claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. And when the year before I went there, because I was drunk when I applied, don't tell my mom. She's going to be listening to this, but sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was working at Chipotle, so I was drinking a lot. I applied there when I was drunk, and when I when I went to go like visit, nobody was on campus. And I was like, this is a beautiful campus. What a great place to start over. And then like the first day of like being in the dorms like all i heard was the word faggot like over and over and over oh, again and no. i was like where am i like this is an alternative universe like i hate this place yeah i was in the transfer dorms which were mostly like exchange students so i had this really great roommate uh haruka kawakami from japan and she was the sweetest cutest thing and i was like wow like rampaging crazy um but then i met emily through i think through the theater yeah because i started actually taking theater credits yeah it was the cheapest degree. It was the least amount of credit hours. And this show that you nice. had on, and the show that you're about to, uh, sorry, the clip that you're about to play for us, uh, oh, yeah. which that show is, that 
a show that you guys both worked on together? Uh, I wonder if Emily was in this. I know a bunch of people were. I don't think she was. But this is one of those theater things from Denison. This is a guy, Bobby. Bobby D. Bobby. Bobby V. Bobby. Wow, how do I not know his name? Bobby don't, A. Don't Bobby Z. This, but I can't remember his name. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby X. Bobby. Bobby M. Bobby. Anyway, he wrote this Bobby. musical. <laughs> I cannot Shush remember kidding. his name right now. Um, Bobby. There was a musical called Norton, which was like, Norton was like the yeah, first Hamilton. What? Uh, yeah. All right. You got to explain. What does uh, that mean? It's Alexander. It's a play about Alexander Norton. Is it Alexander Norton? I don't know. But basically, the guy that this, made the antivirus. It was this guy that like went crazy and decided he was going to be a king. It's it's like historical, an historical musical, like a musical set in an historical okay. thing. So it was like you know what I mean. Not yeah. like the first Hamilton, but like it was a Hamilton yeah. before Hamilton. Yeah, we did it in my high school. They did Oedipus, and then they did it musically. Yeah, and they called it Oedipus Remix. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like a general like college, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to write a musical about a historical figure. So this is about this guy, Norton, who decided that he was going to be an emperor in America. And I played this girl, Abigail Meggs, who was married to this greenhorn. And I did sing my own song. I just don't know where it is. Yeah, I I, I wanted to confirm because this was it's so intriguing that I had to look this up. I'm yeah. not going to go further other than just what the first Google search that will show up <laughs> is Emperor Norton. Yeah. Joshua Norton. Joshua. That's what who was after the Civil War in 1862. He, he <laughs> sorry, I'm giving like half the story. I don't want to like read the whole entire thing but evidently he declared himself emperor in the mid to late 19th century where so was this he is from the, uh, virginia or something I'm sure. oh emperor of virginia huh well I, i'm not sure where he Welcome did it but to my kingdom i can't remember it was it was a time when i only learned my parts so like the what a fair. weird show to do for a college <laughs> okay yeah so emperor Norton. Oh. <laughs> but what kind of music was in it it is very melodic musical theater you want to hear it? Yes. yes. Let's hear an excerpt from a rehearsal for the Norton musical. <laughs> See if this works, man. It might Not- be nice. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
Yeah, people always ask. Oh, no, it's okay. It's easier to watch than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a just heart attack. attack. A vocal first. <laughs> we, that, was, that was a good place to end, but that was uh, there's so much on there I can only imagine. <laughs> we had an episode, actually, uh, where uh, we were listening to a rehearsal from a show that I did in middle school, and there's something really, really hilarious. Just, like, listen to behind the scenes. You hear the yeah. show, but you never hear rehearsals. It's kind of cool. Yeah, rehearsals are... Always the funnest thing. This so this was in college, and uh, do you remember how the show went? Yeah, it was um, it was something like you know he got the idea, he got a bunch of guys behind him. I know we sang a song to a pirate where we all like got on the dick of this pirate for the day, and then uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I mean that's a good pejorative, I suppose. Yeah, what what happened? He got all these guys. Just, I don't know. I the guy parts are always really boring to me because they're always doing like really technical stuff, and it's like okay, so they somehow. He got him to back them, and he ended up having them take him seriously as an emperor for this time period, and then a bunch of people revolted, and I have, like, a solo song on there somewhere. <laughs> You'll find it. You'll yeah. we'll send it to me. After, you'll send it to us after the show. Absolutely. So this we show should. was written by, this is Joss Whedon's cousin did the show? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so his... Um, How gets, do you just happen to meet all of these, like, <laughs> in Ohio? Yeah. It's oh, yeah. great. I, I don't know. I was always really lucky. And my friend Evan, when I was growing up, always he'd be like, you're coming with me because then we'll meet the people. Like we met Radiohead in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, like I, I went to a bride. I was obsessed with Bright Eyes when I was growing up. Okay. Connor Oberst. And yeah. we went and saw him play like five times. And the first time we saw him play, I was 16 and we went to the show and we went like really early and made friends with the guys at the back door. And then the guys were like three hours late to the show and the, the venue shut them down early. Like they only got to play for like a half hour because the venue was an all ages. It was like an all ages show. So they wanted to shut it out by 11. And then we went out back um, and all these kids were just pissed, you know, raging hormones, emotional <laughs> music. And I saw Connor over sitting in the van and I said, do you ever hear things that aren't really there? I like yelled that across the parking lot and he looked at me and he was like, huh? And I was like, <laughs> and like went over and I said, you know, was that comical your walk. Yeah. <laughs> I have braces, you know, and, um, like braces, you like my braces, Connor Oberth. <laughs> and I said, you know, you played a great show. And he said, no, we sucked. We sucked. I said, no, the venue sucked. They su they shut you down. That wasn't fair. Like we all came here to see you play. And he's like, well, I suck. And I was like, you don't suck. Look around you and all these people who love you. Of course, the emo musicians are like, I'm just terrible. Right. I just, <laughs> I shouldn't live. Oh, I'm, what an awful show. Right. So I'm like, no, like they wanted to see you and they didn't get to see you. And that's why everybody's pissed. You should just keep playing. 
just keep playing in, right here in the fucking alley. And he was like, you think so? And I was like, yeah, dude. So he jumps out of the van, goes into the back, grabs his guitar, gets Maria Taylor, and they get up on top of the van and they just start singing. And then the cops came and all this shit started going down. But That's it, a really cool story. Yeah, I was in the newspaper. Would you say that it's nice. moments like that, notoriety yeah. or not, that inspire you <laughs> even more as a musician to this day to realize that even your favorite musicians were able to, you know, think outside the box of what's a typical, what's a uh, yeah. appropriate venue for a performance. Who cares? Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, who cares? That's definitely always been my... That that's your mantra. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, cares? Cares? who cares? Who cares? Who cares? It's very. Yeah, I was like a karaoke know. queen who like would scream on the subways. You know, when I first moved here, like I would just go down in the subways and start singing if the L train was taking twenty minutes. You know, <laughs> like that's. <laughs> Did you put your hat out? Uh, no, this is before I even knew about busking. I just liked the acoustics. This is before she actually knew hats existed. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, you now, now I have hats. Head? Now you've got many a hat. <laughs> I from, wear a hat on my head. <laughs> from Reynoldsburg to and to, to Yellow Springs to wherever Denison is, and then to Bedsty. Yeah, right. And you're still in, living in Bedsty to this day. I live in Ridgewood, Queens now. Oh, you moved on up. Yeah, which is a very literally and figuratively. So now yeah. you live in what type of drug house? So now it's funny. My landlord called me one day. I actually might have a tape of this too. My landlord called me one day and said that he knew I was dealing drugs out of my apartment, which is not true. <laughs> and he told the 104th precinct that I was dealing drugs and they made him give them a key to our building so that they could bring dogs in to sniff ah. for drugs. Wow. Yeah. So that's the kind of drug house I'm living in now. An imaginary <laughs> yeah. drug house. Fun. Imaginary. Sounds like a real hoot. Well, uh, it's a good, probably a good time right now. Now that we've listened to a little bit of past Tay-Tay, let's yeah. go to present Tay-Tay. Live Tay-Tay. Live Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay Live. What's the name? What will be the name of the song you're playing? I think I'll play um, Pacing the Cage. Thank God. By Bruce Coburn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this is a song my mom, when she was learning how to play the guitar, would play a lot. And... So it's one that I picked up in my later years because it's just a beautiful song and everybody loves it. And Bruce Coburn's good stuff too. Yeah, and a it, great Canadian. Oh yeah, reminds me of my mom. He was just in uh, L.A. or he was just in California playing. Oh yeah. Eli went when Eli went to Cali. He saw like a Bruce Coburn poster and sent it to me. I'll, I, oh, awesome! My one of my favorite songs uh, that I hear every now and again on the radio is "If I Had a Rocket Launcher." So. Mm. Big ups yeah. to that man. Well, we'll play this song. I want to okay. hear it then. Cool. I don't think I'm familiar with it uh, myself. I don't know if you guys are. Allison knows. I'm Jimmy probably I know knows it. I played it a lot. Over at um, we'll the Open Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. On. Taylor plays right here in the studio. Lost and Rewound. Here we go. Sunset, here's an angel weeping Holding out a bloody sword No matter how I squint, I cannot Make out what it's pointing toward Sometimes you feel like you've lived too long Days drip slowly on the page You catch yourself Pacing the cage 
I've proven who I am so many times The magnetic strips worn thin And each time I was someone else And everyone was taken in But today these eyes can bleached out lands For the coming of the outbound stage Don't catch yourself pacing the cage I never knew all that you wanted So I just gave you everything All that I could pillage All of those spells I could sing It's as if the thing were written In the constitution of the age Sooner or later You wind up pacing the cage Sometimes the best map will not guide you You can't see what's round the bend Sometimes the road leads through dark places And sometimes that darkness is your friend Don't catch yourself pacing the cage I am I'm only pacing the cage Sooner or later We'll be pacing the cage Sunset is an angel weeping <laughs> Holding out a bloody sword No matter how I squint, I cannot make out what she's pointing toward. That was brilliant. <laughs> so I've come a long way. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> I think it's significant that uh, we've had uh, an accomplished musician and songwriter like yourself, Taylor, but playing somebody else's music. Within the ethos of the show's mission statement, you know, you're playing something that has absolute relevance to uh, who you were back then and where you are now. For sure. You know, I had to record that because I listened to it all. Say one more time. You the goosebumps? I just had to, well, I had to record it because I need something to listen to on repeat on my 20-hour <laughs> truck ride oh. to Louisiana. That's truck a, ride. So as, as well, as well. She's uh, she's going to put out her yeah. thumb and 18-wheeler, baby. I just want to say I'm really happy to see you today. I'm really happy to see you today. Aww. I'm so happy that you played that song too because that was a very good, uh, like, sort of send off to Allison a little bit. Yeah, right? Yeah, and I had heard it before and it's always nice. You heard her before, I, right? I, I I'm not really drunk this time. <laughs> <laughs> 
True nubs. <laughs> have you ever been to New Orleans, Taylor? Uh, no, actually. I was going to go last year for my birthday. My birthday is like around the same time as Mardi Gras, but mm-hmm. I've never been down there. My mom went down there recently. Yeah. Yeah. And sister- you will be coming. I will yeah, be coming. Obviously. Be better. obviously. All over the place. Plus, plus <laughs> the fact that you could probably uh, play on the street and as long as someone doesn't come and be like, hey. That is absolutely my place to bust. This, I get that from six to ten. That's this, what I heard. I heard it's like this a total corner ain't town. big enough. Yeah, it is about about town. Town. And my roommate's a hat maker, so it's literally like I'll just be writing comedy, and Taylor will be trying on hats and singing, <laughs> and Michael will just be sewing. You <laughs> won't actually yes. call me a gohro. Pulling <laughs> up the room. Taylor. What do you got coming up? Okay. Uh, you, we, I think we talked a little bit about what you have, uh, but people can go and check out your stuff all over the place. You're on SoundCloud, and you have a main site, uh, TaylorPlace.com. I did, but I let that expire. <gasps> I know. No. no, I still have the domain. Like I still own it, but um, it, Squarespace screwed me over. They okay. like overdrafted my account. Where can people easily find you uh, and uh, like social media or uh, music related? Oh, so, so I have an Instagram where I post pretty regularly. It's just my name. Taylor Place, which is spelled P L A S. And I'm on Facebook. I have like an artist page there where I post a bunch of stuff. You can find me on artery, artery.is slash Taylor Place. Uh, that generally is where a lot of my showcases are. And really, Jalopy, the 21st. Oh, yeah. Birthday. Jalopy, my birthday, the 21st. I'll probably be singing with everybody that I book up there. And, and if anyone is listening at this in Austin, she'll be up there in March. Yeah, I'll be down, there down. early March, <laughs> uh, mid March. Uh, it's all about Austin. your perspective. And the westernized maps. You'll see me soon in New Orleans. Cool. New Orleans. Better. Yeah. Not, I'm serious. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. This has been amazing. Taylor, thank you so much for <laughs> your contributions today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't yeah. have all the tapes queued up. <laughs> <laughs> It's all gravy, girl. <laughs> Could we do like a four-part harmony to take us out? Right now? Oh, man, okay. Just one person will start, and then we'll just make a rhythm. Yeah. Uh, 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 lost and rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. Sorry. It's okay. I just have to fast forward. Elon lives for this. Seeing people fast forward through t- like cassettes, it gives him a chub. <laughs> what is what is happening? Today? He, That's some Elliot Smith there too. Yeah, Elliot Smith, big influence. Cassette head. I mostly just did drugs. Okay, Elon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> That's not all you mostly did. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>